All right, amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, um, open with me first to the 23rd Psalm. The 23rd Psalm. How many of you might know, I know the 23rd Psalm. That's kind of the one in, if you ever went to Sunday school as a kid, you probably memorized the 23rd Psalm. But my title today is, I Shall Not Want. We've been looking this summer at Psalms, Proverbs, and Words of Jesus. The wonders of Psalms, the wisdom of Proverbs, and then Jesus. And I, and I wanted to grab this out of the 23rd Psalm. But I do want to say this. I know nothing about being a shepherd boy. So let me ask just really quick. Does anybody work as a shepherd? I'll give you a minute to raise your... If you, like, all right. Do you know any shepherds? Uh, and all of us have this image of somebody in some other nation that's taking care of some sheep. That's about all we know. And let me tell you that we're missing it according to the Bible. Because even in the Old Testament, we're going to look at early on, it's going to re be referred to as God being the shepherd, right? The shepherd of us, which are his sheep. Look at your neighbor and say, you look like a beautiful sheep. And some of you might be like, that is so, so rude. Well, let me read this. Uh, all six verses, though, we're going to look at um, the first couple today. Listen to David. Being a shepherd boy, having this insight about the Lord is a shepherd. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters he restores my soul he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake yea though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies you anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's interesting, in the first three verses, he pulls out four things about our Father God. One is he's our shepherd, but he says he makes us to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul and he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Lord, we thank you for Psalms, Proverbs. Lord, would you impact our hearts and our spirit to understand you as our shepherd, Jesus, the good shepherd, the good shepherd that laid down his life for his sheep, the shepherd that knows all things about our life, and we commit our lives to you today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. So I received, I wanted to mention, I received a letter, a couple letters. We get some interesting letters at the church. We get some interesting emails. We get some interesting Facebook posts from time to time. But there was a lady, and I remember when she came, but she uh, wrote me a letter to say it was five years ago on June 24th of 2018. Now here's what I first remember about that Sunday. I remember my son coming into church and say, hey, dad, there's two ladies out in the parking lot and they're blowing trumpets. Okay, 
So I went and I peeked out. Well, I saw the ladies that were out there. They had actually had come to the church earlier in the week. They had came and they had their shofars. They had their shofars out there. So uh, the lady's name is Mary Bruno. So she came into church just that Sunday. She used to go to the church in the 70s. Our title, she remember. How many of you remember what I spoke on June 24th of 2018? I don't even remember. Like I'd have to go back and look up. Well, we were talking about the sluggard in Proverbs, the lazy person, right? So that was the message that day. It impacted her so much that the Lord told her that she had been lazy about writing two books that he'd been telling her for year upon year and upon year. So she wanted to let me know that it was her five-year anniversary of my lazy man sermon. I don't know if that was the title. We left the ladies out, right? Because ladies aren't lazy. The guys are lazy. You know, when you do like a lazy sermon, nobody looks at you. Everybody looks down because they think about their garage or their, right, their dirty clothes hamper. So she left. We didn't know this, but we knew she wrote a book, but we didn't know that it stirred her so much just hearing about something that she didn't finish. In fact, that was what I said. She actually sent me her notes that were on that Sunday. I thought, you're going to get an A in heaven, right, on that one for your notes. A lazy person never finishes what he starts. That's what she took away from the message. So she writes on and she says, um, while her husband was in ministering in Italy, she says, my daughter and I came to the Hills Church in Arcadia, um, which we attended in the 70s. A new minister, Pastor Walter, spoke from the passage in Proverbs about being spiritually lazy. Because lazy people never finish what they start. It challenged me so much to finish the projects that were never started because I never finished it. She put, ouch. God's word hit me so hard as the Holy Spirit reminded me of two teachings that others had urged me to put in book form. So she goes on to write these books and she decides to send these books out to prisoners. So she donates 2,000 books to the San Diego Sheriff's Department detention facilities and copies of the book she wrote. It's called Choices and Strongholds. So she sends out 2,000 books Letters start arriving from inmates. In fact, you know, I won't read all of it, but she says, to this day, we've sent out 7,000 books to 47 jails, prisons, correctional facilities, rehabilitation home, and victory outreach all across the nation. I heard that word that day, not to be lazy in what I did. Then she attached, and I won't read them, prisoners' letters of what she did. And I say all that to say, if you leave today with only hearing the Lord is my shepherd, that's the most important thing you're going to hear because it's going to focus in on Jesus being our good shepherd, that the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. She took it and ran with it and look at the results of people in prisons that are hearing about the gospel. So I think of David, this young boy that's taking care of his dad's sheep. And you know the story if you've ever read it. When the prophet Samuel comes to have a meal at the house to anoint the king, they forget about him. And we know where he is. He's out taking care of his father's sheep. You can read later on in 1 Samuel 16 that he talks about when he comes across Goliath that he took care of his father's sheep. When a bear came out, he took care of the bear. When a lion came out, he took care of the lion. He was not going to allow them 
to steal or kill one of his father's sheep. Now, we're all going to see this in the next couple months. It's always going to be a highlight in Arcadia or Monrovia of some bear doing a backstroke in somebody's pool. We've all seen it, right? There's the bear, and you think, you know, are you going to go out there and tell the bear to get out of your pool? No way in the world. We're going to let him sunbathe. We're going to get him an iced tea, right? We're going to want him just to relax. David didn't see it that way. David only saw it as they're looking to steal my father's sheep. They're not going to do it, right? So David's going to go after it. But David understood about the shepherd. Now, again, we've lost that concept. But David writes and he says, the shepherd takes care of us so we don't have any want. We don't have any want. The shepherd leads us to, in fact, the word uh, green pastures is translated the tender grass. So he's taking the sheep to the tender, the good, good, good grass. But the shepherd is leading the sheep to that direction. The shepherd is leading the sheep to, not Niagara Falls, right? Hey, let's all go to Niagara Falls today. Drink them. No, no, not to Niagara Falls. To the stream of water, right? A place uh, of rest. The shepherd is protecting the sheep. Rod and a staff. Looking out after that. Well, David understood that part of when he says shepherd, he understood exactly. When we say shepherd, we have no idea. We have no good illustration. Like I was even trying to think of a family illustration. It's not a good illustration. The illustration is how God set it up about the good shepherd. In fact, the first time that I believe that we read about a good shepherd is in Genesis when Joseph's father, Jacob, Israel, crosses his hands to anoint Manasseh and Ephraim and he prays a prayer. And it's like the first time we read, he says, the God who has been my shepherd all my life. Old Testament. He's been my shepherd my entire life. David has this view that the Lord is my shepherd. And every time I'm at a funeral and somebody reads the 23rd Psalm, I cringe a little bit. It's not a, a psalm for, oh, we're going to do a funeral, 23rd Psalm, right? No, it's not a psalm for a funeral. It's David reflecting on everything about life. But I look to the Lord. He's my shepherd. Let me read a couple psalms here. Psalm 103. In fact, it's sprinkled all throughout the psalms. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he that made us, and not we ourselves. Tell your neighbor you didn't make yourself, right? And not we ourselves. We are his people, say it with me, and the sheep of his pasture. The reference of the sheep. Sheep need to be guided. Cattle can stay out. Bison can stay out. Deer can stay out. Sheep need to be guided to different directions, different field pastures. Guided different directions. The Lord does that. He guides his sheep. Psalm 3, 3 through 6, David says this. In fact, it was mentioned a couple times in, in worship. But you, O Lord, you are a shield for me. My glory and the one that lifts my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice and he heard me from his holy hill. Selah. I lay down and slept. I awoke and the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves 
against me all around. So again, David's going to reflect back. And, and again, we are the sheep of his pasture. He's my shield. He's my protector. He's the one that lifts my head. And so the 23rd Psalm, in fact, we're going to, each, we're going to say this together in these three different translations. So Psalm 23, verse 1. Let's say this together. Ready? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The New Living Translation says it. Let's say it together. Ready? The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. And then the Contemporary English Bible says this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Now, you know what sometimes happens? Immediately your mind just went to something you lack. Or something maybe you don't have. Or something that you need. Well, the word of God is eternal. In fact, we know this about the Bible. It's listed as alive, living, right? Looking into us. And so I might need to recite just those few words. Often, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. I may need to recite that. And David understood that. David understood to take on a giant. I'm going to take him on because I know who my God is. I might be facing some things this week, but I'm not doing it alone. The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus promised he won't leave me alone. He's going to be with me. So then we look at uh, just a, a couple verses in uh, Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 7. Another very familiar few verses. If you've ever read through Proverbs, Many times we land in this one, but I want us to listen to this verse again, knowing that the Lord is my shepherd, right? And I'm not going to lack anything. So Solomon writes this, trust in the Lord with half of your heart. No, he doesn't say that. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. How is this going to happen? How is God going to figure this out? I don't see how he can, I, I don't know how he's going to come. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Has anybody ever fallen into that? Man, I was wise in my own eyes and that got me. No, he says, fear the Lord and depart from evil. Well, we looked at that first verse the last couple of weeks. The fear of the Lord is the beginning, right? It's the, it's the beginning. But he says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. So if this week, if anybody goes out to buy a sheep, I actually thought about this at the racetrack. I thought, wouldn't it be fun to have a horse? How many of you would be like, man, I, I, right? Wouldn't it be fun to have a horse until you need a shovel this big, right? You got to bathe them and feed them. In fact, uh, I remember the, the guy had said, um, I said, you know, how many horses have broken their leg? I was asking him about, you know, the surgeries and things. He said, some of those that don't get reported are they kick the walls when they don't get their food on time and they break their legs. I'm like, oh, they're just like professional athletes, right? Like, I didn't get my filet mignon, right? Step down, they break their leg. Well, we all think of animals like that, but when we think of a sheep, a sheep is being led. Sheep has is following a shepherd. They're following after somebody. The shepherd is going to take them to the right pastures. They trust 
The shepherd's not taking them to Niagara Falls to get something to drink. The, the, not taking them to the edge of the cliff. They're going to trust the shepherd. And so that's what Solomon says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, everything about you. Let's look at some of the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6. We read it in our offering one. Matthew chapter 6. And I want to read verse 25. And I just want to read through this and a couple other verses as well. Matthew chapter 6 verse 25. Jesus' words. He says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to your stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even, and he uses the, Jesus uses the word Solomon, right? Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. The flowers of the field were more beautiful than anything Solomon had that he created. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles... Seek. Interesting they use that word Gentiles. Back in then you were either Jewish as they do it or you were a Gentile. The Gentile didn't believe in the God of the Bible. He's saying they don't believe these things. They rely on themselves. Well, we read that. David said, you didn't make yourself. You didn't create yourself. God created you. Created you in his image. And he says the Gentiles seek this. He says, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. You know, in our day, the year 2023, God knows the needs of our kids. Some kids go to college, some kids go to trade schools, those things cost. God, God knows we're not walking or riding horses these days. God knows we need transportation. God knows, he knows all of these things, yet we've got to come back and we trust him. He's our shepherd. You know, we were kids, we would say this. Oh, Mom, I'm starving. I'm just so starving. I'm so hungry. Any, any of you say that as a kid? Okay. Was any of that true? And how many of you heard? You can verify it with my mom. She's here. You're not starving. You don't know what starving is. Right? Anybody ever hear that? You're not starving. Oh, my stomach's rumbling. And Yeah, we'll go sit on the toilet then, and then we'll eat at six. Right? That's what, those are the things that she'd say. Well, we read that in the scripture, and it, again from Jesus, for your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, don't worry about Monday. For Monday will worry about its own things. I'm paraphrasing that. It's not the message translation. 
Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Seek first. The, the shift of our focus, right? The shift of our focus. Not after these things. God is going to provide. I would venture to say it in a group like us that we could all share a story that God did some type of provision that just would blow us away, right? He did something at a certain time in a certain place, and we trust him. Let me read a couple more verses uh, here for us today. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. And Jesus saw this. He said, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered. Say the end with me. Like sheep having no shepherd. Nobody to look to. Nobody for direction. Nobody who's the shield. Nobody leading them in a different direction. Notice that Jesus had compassion. In fact, when you read the different translations, he was moved. That he saw the people, and he uses that reference. They were like sheep that had, they were directionless. They didn't know what to do. John 10, 11, Jesus says the words, I am the good shepherd. Say that to the end with me, Ready? The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Jesus referenced leaving the 99 to go after the one. They wouldn't leave the 99 in a place where they would be harmed, but he went after the one, went after the one sheep. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd will lay down his life. Peter used this word. Peter says in 1 Peter 2.25, For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. Right? Jesus, our shepherd, the overseer of our souls. And then the last one here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And hopefully this ties it together for us where it's written about this. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Right? Without faith, it is impossible. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. David experienced the life of being a shepherd for sheep. He took that example and he completely turned it around and he had that insight about God the Father being his shepherd. Solomon, the young boy that if you read in Proverbs, said, my, my father and my mother taught me when I was young. Solomon understood and had the wisdom to trust in the Lord with all of his heart. And Jesus would teach in the Sermon on the Mount, one of the sermons that was uh, probably to the largest crowd at one time that he would speak to, he would end up almost at one point saying, why do you worry so much, right? I want you to have insight into God the Father as the shepherd, and then later, he gives us that insight. He says, I'm the good shepherd. He's wanting to be the one that leads us. But I've got to have faith in what he's doing. I've got to remember to go back into my Bible and read it and mark it up and go back to scriptures that he's been saying because his truth is the true truth. He's a rewarder of those that seek him. He knows what we need to wear. He knows what we need to eat. He knows every single thing about us before we even 
ask, but I think too many times we're saying the exact opposite of what he exactly wants to do. So bow your heads, if you would, with me for just a moment. In fact, in our notes uh, that you can download, we usually ask a few questions, and I want to ask this question of all of us today. Jesus said not to worry. So what are the things that I'm worried about and need to give to him right now? 1 Peter 5, 7, to cast our cares on him. So right now I pray for us that if there, whatever might be pressing, even sometimes the enemy will remind us, even in a setting like this, of something that's pressing, we're to cast it on the Lord. Give the care, the worry, the concern, the anxiety, the fear to him. In fact, Jesus teaches about taking his yoke upon him. His is light and easy, meaning he's going to take the heavy lifting of our life. That we have to have faith and trust in him. So Father, even right now as we've done every uh, anxiety, fear, worry, all of those different questions, we take a minute, we offload it to you. You said you'd take it. And Jesus, you said we would have your yoke, light, easy. We follow you. We follow your words. We're the sheep of your pasture. You're the shield about us. You're the lifter of our heads. You know what I'm about to ask before I ask, and you're already into my Monday morning. And I trust you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And then lastly, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you've never confessed him as Lord, maybe even today, today is a day of coming back to him, what we would say rededicating your life. I want all of us to pray this prayer, but if that's you today, would you pray it from your heart, out of your mouth? To your Father God. In fact, we read in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and we believe it in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Everybody pray this with me. Dear Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I open the door of my heart and I make you Lord of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that today for a first time or rededicated your life, would you please see us at the end uh, of the service time? We want to pray with you. And all of us that have that propensity to say things about worry, can we thank the Holy Spirit for catching our words, the things that we say, and remember, we're not to worry about those things. We're going to trust our Heavenly Father. Well, stand with me. We're going to close uh, with this song.